T. Kenny T, what's good, fam? Cool and brother can't complain. Another day coming to you live from New York. Another Monday, a lot of shit to talk. Let's get to it. Absolutely. Uh, big up to my brother Kenny T and big up to uh, everybody who's turned up early because we are here early tonight. It is uh, 5 p.m. Eastern, 10 p.m. out there in the UK and wherever you guys are, I uh, hope you're doing well. Like I said, man, it's snowy out here, bro, in New York City. And uh, look, uh, we're here to talk boxing. Um, and we're here to hopefully look towards bright, sunny days uh, here in 2022 as it relates to boxing. want to salute everyone who's here. The boxing historian turned up early. First in the building, the boxing historian punch Smollett off. The Ropes Boxing and MMA, Long Live Boxing, Mi Camarada, James Hunt, Comrade James, right back out to you, brother. Uh, he's here with us. He also says he hopes uh, or happy that Maestro Management is not a Dillian White's manager. Well, that remains to be seen. We'll get into that a little bit later. Uh, Chicano Prophet is with us, uh, as is Osborne Tavarvisa. He's with us, too. And uh, look... Uh, let's get right into it, Kenny. Uh, first topic of the day relates to the Robson Consacao uh, Xavier Martinez fight took place this past Saturday, January the 29th, live on ESPN and ESPN Plus from the Hard Rock Hotel and Casino. Uh, I had a lot of thoughts on this fight. Um, I th- going into this fight, Kenny, I thought that Robson Kantikau was the clear favorite. Um, but from what I could gather as a viewer of this card, it was all about Xavier Martinez from the opening to the end. Um, everything was about Xavier Martinez, about his new kid, about, uh, you know, the fact that he's new to top rank. The stage seemed to be set for a coming out party for Xavier Martinez. but. Guess what? Robson had different ideas. And Robson pitched a near shutout. Uh, I had him winning every round. You could arguably say that he might have lost the third round, that round that he took a shot in. They made it seem as if it was like a game-changing punch. It wasn't. Uh, Guess what? It's boxing. Guys get hit. Uh, From beginning to end, I felt that this was a very biased, very biased uh, production from ESPN. I felt that they were homering nonstop. For Xavier Martinez, um, it got to the point where it became very distracting for me as a viewer of the fight. They weren't mentioning anything Robson was doing. He'd land jabs, nothing. Right hands, nothing. Hooks to the body, nothing. And the mere throwing of punches from Xavier Martinez seemed to elicit nonstop cheerleading from Joe Tessitore, Tim Bradley, and to a lesser extent, Andre Ward. It wasn't until at least three quarters way through the fight that they started actually mentioning that Robson was literally beating this boy's ass. Um, I don't know what they were doing. And honestly, they were engaging in revisionist history as well when it came to the Valdez fight. I thought that he clearly won the Valdez fight. I agree. He thoroughly outboxed Oscar Valdez uh, when they met. I felt that the first part of the fight, he was out fighting Valdez. And in the second part of the fight, he was out boxing Valdez. I had that fight 
minimum seven rounds to five for Robson. The way they told it, uh, he was outboxing him for the beginning of the fight. It was like running for the remainder of it. That's not what I remember seeing. And again, what I saw on Saturday was a very one-sided ass-whooping by Robson over uh, Xavier Martinez. Kenny, your thoughts? Robson is extremely impressive. The guy throws a lot of punches. He throws punches with bad intentions. He lands a lot of punches. He gets hit too, seems to have a solid chin when he does get hit. But he moves a lot, has a lot of energy, a lot of defense, and he goes for the entire 12 rounds. It's going to take a hell of a fighter uh, to defeat Robson, and I think who I know who that fighter is. But it definitely was not Valdez. I agree with you. I think Valdez lost that fight. That's why when people ask me, oh, oh, what do you think about Valdez? What do you think about Valdez? I always say, ah, you know, Valdez is all right because of that. Because I think that Conceição beat Valdez and Valdez off his popularity got the credit for that W, which shouldn't have been the case. Um, so that's why th- th- that's why Valdez doesn't get the love and respect for me that he should. Conceição is that guy. In, in my opinion, Conceição is a hard number two in that weight class. And number one would be Stevenson, Shakur Stevenson. I think Shakur Stevenson puts it on Conceição and anybody else in that weight class. Yeah, absolutely. And thank you for reminding me. Conceição. You got to hit that pronunciation. Thank you, Brother Kenny T. No doubt. Uh, And when Andre Ward did chime in, I felt that he was being very unfair to Robson Conceição. Uh, You know, you listen to Andre Ward commentate these fights and you'd think like you know all of the fights he was in was you know him taking it to the dude and wearing a guy down and not giving up an inch of ground that's not the Andre Ward I remember uh definitely not in the last two Andre Ward fights um so it's always interesting to me when he applies kind of analysis to a fight that I don't really think he ever applied to himself in his own career now People may think, oh, well, my so that's being a little too harsh. No, that's literally how I see it. And then you listen to Tim Bradley, and you'd think, listening to Tim Bradley, that every one of his fights was like a Gotti Ward. Uh, <laughs> again, that's not the Tim Bradley I remember. Definitely even in his, you know, blood and guts performance against Ruslan Provodnikov, he was on his back fo- foot for the later part of that fight and got the dub in that fight essentially boxing off the back foot for the later part of it. So I just I just don't get it. And guys, just stop homering. Maybe top rank doesn't see a big future in a Brazilian. Um, and maybe they don't see a big Brazilian fan base. I don't know. I mean, I just don't get it. Because to me, if Robson was from the United States, dare I say from Mexico, we'd be getting completely different commentary from ESPN. Um, It was unfair. I'm glad he didn't get robbed. Uh, I'm glad that the judges, for the most part, had the fight the right way. To to funny enough, Andre Ward, at the end, I guess they let him release the scorecard because they didn't do it early in the fight. They didn't do it midway in the fight. But at the end, Andre Ward had nearly a shutout victory for Robson Kuntisau. So what, what's the deal? What's with the biased commentating? I'll tell you exactly what it is, bro. I'll tell you exactly what it is. The, the thing with the biased commentating is this. They're putting uh, 
top rank is, is is putting people on panels like Tim Bradley and Andre Ward, who are fighters who are full of themselves and their past careers that they had and are fighters that hate to, in my opinion, hate to see any fighter that fights better than them or does anything better than them. So because of that, what he does, uh, what now what he does, what they do, Andre Ward and Timothy Bradley, is every time that anybody's starting to look better than them or uh, that anybody can do better than they did in their career or is doing something in the ring in a certain round or, or for an entire fight, then they do. They start bad-mouthing. Then with the other ESPN guys, I swear, it, it, it's the whole uh, you work for top rank. It's the same thing that Timothy Bradley did when he came out defending Bob Arum over the uh, Terrence Crawford allegations. It's the you work for top rank. They probably got some type of NDAs or some type of contract that tells them you got to big up whatever fighter we tell you. You cannot talk bad about the company. Uh, you you have to follow these guidelines if you want to continue being employed by ESPN. Uh, more realistic commentators are dudes that like the people that got fired that 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 uh wear their heart on their sleeves and uh, like like uh Tony uh Tony uh Paulie Malignaggi like uh, uh this other dude hasn't gotten fired he fought Leo Santa Cruz I forgot his name uh, um he fought Leo Santa Cruz Morris Abner Morris and he's actually realistic the other day he was on a cast and there was uh, I forgot for what fight and and the other caster he was with uh, was completely going biased and saying shit that wasn't happening in the ring. And Abner Myers called them out on it. And then the other caster has the balls to say, well, you know, I was uh, trying not to make it look so bad for this one guy or so, something. It, 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 it was stupid. It's like, you're supposed to call the fight as it is, not try to not make one guy not look bad. You're supposed to call it as it is. 100%. And, I get it. He's had a child. God bless him. A lot of boxers have kids. Robson has kids. I didn't hear them mentioning his kids. You know, Mark Kriegel's doing like this puff piece for Martinez going in. And again, it was like they were setting the stage for this dude to beat Robson. But going into this fight, I hadn't seen anything from Xavier Martinez that would indicate to me that he could even be in the same league as Robson Konsek Chow. I didn't. Uh, yet they were just like selling us on this. And I get it. Like, tell us a little bit about uh, Xavier going into the fight. But to totally just talk about Xavier and not really mention all that much about Robson other than some retelling of what actually happened in the fight with Oscar Valdez, by the way, again, I felt that he beat Oscar Valdez convincingly. And mind you, Joe Tessator actually let slip that in 11 of the 12 rounds, Robson outlanded Valdez, outlanded him. And in the one fight round, sorry, where he didn't outland him, it was a tie in terms of landed punches. Oh, well, Maestro, you know, uh, Oscar Valdez had the more meaningful punches. No, he didn't. <laughs> No, he didn't. Robson fought his ass off and then boxed his ass off and should be the WBC uh, champ at 130 right now. He isn't. And now Oscar is going to be going into a fight, hopefully, against uh, Stevenson. That fight is rumored to be taking place at the same uh, time as the fight between Katie Taylor and Amanda Serrano. I hope that doesn't happen. 
Bob Arum's now been on the record saying that he doesn't even care to counter program it really because nobody really gives a fuck about women's boxing. Uh, well, I'm going to be at that fight in attendance, Bob. So I give a damn about it. I know my brother Kenny T is going to try to get down there with me. He gives a damn about it. So, yeah, we're going to be watching that fight. You know, we're looking forward to that fight. And honestly, I don't think Valdez is going to beat Stevenson. Um, and like I said, I think that Valdez clearly lost in my eyes to Robson. And they really did that brother dirty on Saturday as, as, a, as a broadcast team. I agree. Totally did him dirty. I mean, the, guy, the guy's a great boxer, and they don't give him credit for what he does in the ring, Kenny. One thing I have to add on, though, I do have to give just a little bit of credit to Andre Ward. In the post-fight conference, when he was speaking, he did speak some facts. He was he sp- spoke facts. He, yes, he was hating on another fighter, but he was saying exactly what I stated earlier. He said that... I believe he said he he felt Conceição beat Valdez, and then he starts going breaking down Valdez. He's like, look at Valdez, right? If you look at the fight with Burchell, yeah, he did great in that fight. He did amazing in that fight. But then you look at the two fights before Valdez, and the and the two fights after, excuse me, before Burchell, and the two fights after Burchell, and Valdez didn't look that great in it. And then it, he goes, in fact, that thing Conceição beat Valdez. You know, that's the one thing I have to give. Andre Ward credit in. He spoke facts there. He didn't go with the ESPN narrative of, oh, you know, Valdez is the greatest in that division, yada, yada, yada. And, you know. Well, nice of him to say that off air during a show when pretty much nobody, including myself, was watching because it was very late and I needed to get to bed. I would have liked him to say that on air when essentially they were bashing Robson's performance against Valdez. I just didn't get it. So look, I'm going to get right to my rankings of these commentating teams right now because right, this shouldn't be a shock to anyone given the way I've been going off since the start of the show. ESPN is a distant, distant third, distant third. In my, in my estimation, they're barely better than that Don King commentating team Ooh, that, that was, was, doing, was doing the Makabu fight on Saturday on pay-per-view. So who do I have as my number one? Well, it should be no surprise that people who have listened to me, Showtime Boxing. That's number one, okay? Showtime. And did I say third for top rank? I'm going to move them back in a minute. Showtime Boxing's number one. Mauro Ronaldo is a great play-by-play guy. Al Bernstein is great in color commentary. He's pretty much never biased. He tells the story of the fight that's happening in the ring, not stories of someone having kids and, you know, how they left Mayweather promotions while the dude's getting landed on nonstop by his opponent. So I got them at number one. They'd even be further at number one if they still had Paulie. Now, I don't agree with, with Paulie's politics or views on race. Either. As a boxing Either. analyst, if I remove all of that other stuff from the equation, and honestly, it shouldn't even be part of the equation, I got Paulie as one of the best on the mic, period. And if Showtime still had them, they'd even be an even clearer number one. Agreed. My number two is the PBC crew with Brian Kenny, Lennox Lewis, and Joe Goosen. That's my number two. My number three is the DAZN crew, headed by Chris Mannix and uh, Sergio Martinez. I was about to say Sergio Martinez, Sergio Mora. I'd I'd flip those. 
You can flip them. You're gonna you're, yeah. you're, you're, you go for it. And then and then I'm not even putting I'm not even talking about top rank. Because it's not in my top three. Kenny, go. Hey, look, I agree with you on most of the things that you said, brother. Um I would definitely just flip the number two and three that you had. Uh yeah, that's about it. I agree with everything that you said though. Top rank is definitely the worst. They're the most biased. They 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 top rank has a narrative with their sports casting. They're not casting to call the fight. They're casting to put out a narrative, to make people believe shit, to pr- promote their fighters to try to big up the names of their fighters. I didn't even watch the the Nico Ali fight. I have heard about it. I have seen that, that clip. <laughs> it's top ranks uh, number one uh, promoted prospect. You mean Nico Walsh? That that guy. Uh, I like I like what you did there. I flipped I like that right. There. Yeah, yeah, Nico Walsh, man. He he. Uh, uh, I, I I didn't even see that fight. But guess what? Top rank has thrown it in my face that he did the, the little Muhammad Ali shuffle thing and then knocked the guy out or whatever. So it's, it, that's that's what they're doing. They're 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 casting with a narrative of promoting their fighters, of making their boxing stable and their promoters look the best, and pretty much hate on other fighters that are fighting their people. It is what it is. The rest of the rankings, I pretty much agree with. Besides two and three being flipped. Yeah, I mean, look, they're not they're not in my top three guys. Um, and they might not even be in my top four if I ever get into watching some Sky Sky telecast. They haven't really done much yet this year, but I know Sky's got got a new commentating crew out there, the Nico Shuffle. <laughs> the Nico Shuffle. Look, at the end of the day, let the let the guy build his career on the backs on the back of what he can actually do as a fighter. Uh I I, I I'm tired with the whole Ali comparisons oh it's his grandfather we get it we get it it's his grandson okay but what's he doing in the ring and by the way they want to make out that this guy's so good and this guy's got such a big future while they're dogging an olympic gold medalist that's putting on an ass whooping contest uh the last two times that i've seen him an ass whooping contest by the way that they don't give the dude much credit for at all so look, uh, look, it, it is what it is. Look, here we go, Nico Walsh. Okay, uh, four wins, three knockouts. Okay, and the last guy he fought was one, one, and one. And I guess he did the Ali shuffle when he not, got a TKO uh, in the second round, right? Uh, Jeremiah Jaeger. You ever heard of Jeremiah Jaeger before? I hadn't. Okay, so. They need to chill, yo, over at ESPN because it's getting distracting. Uh, I always used to have a problem whenever a Cuban fighter was fighting and Joe Tessitore keeps talking about, oh, you know, he's coming from a a dictatorship and, you know, uh, he's here and he's fighting for his freedom. No, he left Cuba to make money. The same way Dominicans, Mexicans, Jamaicans, Central Americans... Uh, people from Poland, all over the world, leave their countries to make money. But it's distracting. It's nonstop pom-pom waving. And the other thing, too, is I don't get excited when they're commentating. Sometimes I do with Bradley. I'm not going to lie. But Joe Tessator doesn't get me excited for these fights. Andre Ward doesn't get me excited when they're commentating fights. 
Myro, on the other hand, he gets me more excited. He gets me hella excited uh, for fights when I'm watching him. And believe it or not, Brian Kenny does a much better job, too, uh, than, than these guys, as does, uh, I think, um, uh, uh, Grisham from the zone, the, the play-by-play guy on the zone. I forgot to mention Todd Grisham because he's there, too, with Maddox and with Sergio. So, look, ESPN, you guys got a lot of work to do, yo. Um, you're, you're, you're failing right now. You're really failing right now. Um, how how, do, how don't they have Max Kellerman on there? Max Kellerman and Jim Lampley were great on HBO. With with, with uh, what was the other dude? Uh, Champ. Uh, why 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 I forget the, the the most famous guy's name? Who? Uh, Teddy Atlas? No no it was it was, it was the last cast on HBO. It was Lampley, oh, Jim Lampley. Max, Lampley, Jim Max Kellerman, and, and um, Larry Merchant, and another one. Uh, oh, your, fa- your favorite boxer. Letterman doing doing the scorecards? Not, not your favorite boxer, bro. Oh, uh, you talking about what? Roy Jones? Roy Jones. Roy Jones. Roy yeah, Jones. yeah, yeah, yeah. Them, them three. Roy Jones, Max Kellerman, and Lampley, uh, I thought were amazing. ESPN pretty much owns Max Kellerman. Pretty, They have him under contract. Why do they not put him on the commentator's table and, t- and remove, remove Andre Ward? <laughs> they're not they're not gonna do that because that's their star. Ooh, their star. Yeah, I mean, know? he's doing he's doing the show from from his home studio like we are most of the time. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's and, crazy. And, you know, I, I got to put another crew up there too. Mike Costello on the UK The Zone broadcast used to work with the BBC. When they're doing their their broadcast, I think they're better. And I find the the UK The Zone a little bit more biased than the US The Zone. But they're still nowhere near as biased as these dudes. Um, anyways, I, I, like I said, I'm a little bit, I'm a little bit tired of it, and I honestly wish they just gave us the option of just listening to the fights and all of the sounds, uh, than listening to that crew because it it takes away from my enjoyment of the fight. And the last thing I gotta say about the disrespect, and I'm glad you brought up HBO, Kenny. They had no interpreter in Robson Conceição's corner. Uh, no one that can speak Brazilian Portuguese. You couldn't find anyone to tell us what they were saying. At the end of the fight, though, you have to give them credit, though. The translator was the best translator I've ever seen. Every time they have a a Spanish translator, they are trash. They they barely ever translate anything that that the fighters say. At the end of the fight, their translator, I I don't remember his name. It was late. What was he doing the fight? I don't know, bro. He was somewhere backstage, but after the fight, he did his thing. He translated everything word for word, bro. Because most most of the time between rounds, they were just showing us uh, Martinez's corner, you know, and, and relaying what what his coach was saying and talking about how great a coach the guy is with his backyard gym and all kind of other stuff. Meanwhile, I don't know what's going on in Robson's corner. They're probably telling him that yo, you whooping this kid's ass. Keep it up. Because that's what was actually happening. So, look, I'm, I'm going to leave it at that for that one unless you have anything else to say, Kenny, before we move on. Nah, man. Nah, man. Robson's my hard number two at that weight class. And he sh- I, I hope he won't, but I hope he get He won't because Shakur Stevenson is going to win and he's going to fight Shakur Stevenson. That's my prediction. But I would love to see him fight Valdez again and beat Valdez. But I don't see that. I don't really see that happening if Shakur Stevenson wins. Well, Although Conte Sal says that he really, really wants that fight. Conte Sal says that's the fight that I want. I want to beat him. 
I'm sure he does, but here's what's probably going to happen. Shakur is going to, you know, do the business on Valdez, uh, unify the title, hopefully, and move up. Um, I say hopefully because I like people, you know, solidifying themselves in the weight class, getting that undisputed tag is possible before moving up in weight. And then we'll probably see him at 135, at which point the titles will be vacated. And hopefully, for Robson's sake, he gets another crack at a world title. Um, And if he can get the Valdez rematch, that would also be great because I'm not one of these guys that thinks that Valdez had an off night. I just think he's a guy that's not as good as Robson. Robson also beat him in the amateurs. And uh, I think Robson's got his number. And if he has fair judging in a neutral ground, not Valdez's hometown, He'll likely get the W. So moving on, Kenny, uh, big announcement Friday came out. We haven't gotten a chance to speak about it much, so we'll speak about it right now. It's happening, Kenny. Well, it will if if Fury signs, sorry, if White signs on. Apparently he hasn't signed on just yet. But the purse bid went through, and Queensbury promotion, with the backing of BT and with the support of top rank and ESPM, has secured the fight for a record-breaking $41-plus million. It will be Tyson Fury. It will be Dillian White in late April, likely at the Cardiff Stadium, Millennium Stadium, that indoor huge football stadium in Cardiff where that country oftentimes sees huge rugby matches and occasionally football too. Uh, Kenny, give me your first thoughts when you heard the news of this fight this past Saturday. Um, well, Dillian, first thoughts, Dillian White definitely won. He definitely got a W on this one. Uh, cause I, I read that, uh, out of the 41 or 40, whatever it was, uh, he's supposed to get 8 million or something along those lines, which is much more than everybody, including himself thought he was going to get. Up so, to eight if he wins, because he'll get a, oh, if, he get a if, he'll, if he wins, the WBC has this rule, apparently. I just found out about it myself last week, where the winner of the fight gets an additional 10%. So the 80-20 split is of 90%, and the winner gets an extra 10. Sorry to interrupt. Nah, oh, good. Thank you for giving me all the details and clarifications. Uh, yeah, th- look, it's a win for Dillian White either way. The guy is getting a lot more money than he thought he was going to get, than we thought he was going to get, than than everybody thought he was going to get. He's getting a lot more money than that. And you know what? I am happy because this fight is going to happen. Dillian White has no excuse. Tyson Fury has no excuse. Nobody has an excuse anymore. uh, Now it's time to stop the chatter and make this fight happen ASAP. Uh, Shit. Right around the same time that AJ's fighting, if anything. uh, They say he's going to fight Usyk around April or whatever. That's what they're looking to do. So right around that time, even right before that fight. So after your fight, you're sitting to see what's going to happen and who you're going to fight, whether it's going to be AJ or Usyk for 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 the unification. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I was very happy to hear about the fight. Honestly, was hoping the zone would win the purse bid because those of you who've listened to me long enough know that my anthro doesn't like pay per view. I hate pay per view. You know, I begrudgingly go into my pocket, right? Pull out the Amex card, 
and drop that $75 or $80 or whatever it is to watch these fights because those are the type of hermanos que somos, me and Kenny. We try to watch all of these fights. You know, we were, we were watching the uh, the Macabu fight. I saw it the following day, but Kenny was there watching it live. That's the kind of guys that we are. So there's no way I'm not going to watch this fight. It is, though, going to be taking place on pay-per-view in the UK on BT Sport pay-per-view, or I think they call it box office. Actually, I know they call it box office over there. And over here, it's going to be taking place on an afternoon pay-per-view uh, on ESPN Plus slash ESPN. Um, I hope they don't overcharge us for this. Uh, because it's a rarity, as you know, Kenny, to have pay-per-views on a Saturday afternoon here in um, the United States. I'm actually happy that the fight's taking place at that time because I'm an early riser. I struggle for these late-night shows. But I just hope they're reasonable with the pay-per-view cost. And I think that will benefit the fighters, too, because if it's a more reasonable cost, I think more people will actually buy it and watch it live, which will be good for the promotion. It's um, going to be at least $75. <sighs> Look, if if they charged, what was it, $35 or $40 for, for Charles Martin, and what is the Keith Thurman Barrios price? What is the price for that? $75 for Thurman Barrios. And yeah, so, that. If that's $75, then this is going to be $75 minimal. You got to think about it. What was the last Canelo pay-per-view? Didn't he have one at like $79.99 or something like that? Yeah, it, was 80, it was $80, the Caleb Plant pay-per-view. But notice that the, the Billy Joe Saunders fight was on the zone, which is what I was hoping for. That means that uh, this Tyson Fury, Dylan White, is probably going to be $79.99 plus tax. Well, <laughs> I mean, that's another $80 charge on the uh, the Maestro A Boxing Amex card. Um you know, not looking forward to that. But, again, I'm happy that this fight is taking place. And salute to my brothers KG and Trav from the Undisputed podcast that was on there earlier today on their Monday Night Smoke channel or show. And I brought up the topic, and I'm going to cook on it a little bit right here. I think Fury has got to be the most hated fighter in the sport up there with Canelo. Now, Canelo has a lot of fans. There's no doubt about it. But he's got a lot of haters. There's nothing Canelo can do that won't bring out the haters. Oh, he's ducking Charlo and he's ducking Benavidez. I hate that he's going up to fight two at 200 pounds against Makabu. Oh, he cleaned out a weight class, 168. But there was nobody ever in that weight class, my ass, bro. <laughs> So, I mean, the guy can do nothing right. And it's a similar issue for Fury, I think. And I think it's manifests itself most in the UK, more in the UK than anywhere else, actually. Um, where people are like, well, uh, he was ducking AJ trying to fight Wilder for a third time. Okay. At the literally the exact same time, people across the ocean over here... I said, no, he's ducking Wilder, trying to take on AJ. He doesn't want to give it the, uh, Wilder the third fight because, you know, he can't win without the punch gloves and the disloyal trainer and all of this other stuff. Which is it? Is he ducking AJ or is he ducking 
Wilder. I don't understand. The, the, the topic came up today. Uh, oh, well, uh, you know, essentially they, they never, some people do call a straight up coward, but you know, a lot of the more, you know, savvy observers will try to, you know, parse their words a little bit and call him everything other than a coward by saying, oh, well, what kind of heavyweight champ takes on a tune-up fight? Why was he trying to fight Hellenius? Why was he trying to fight Emmanuel Char? Uh, first of all, <laughs> I don't know that he was trying to do that, number one. But what about your boy? What about AJ? Did he not take tune-ups? Uh, oh, well, AJ never takes tune-ups. Those are always mandatories. Okay, well, Takam was a mandatory. Wait a second, he wasn't. He was a last-minute opponent. Oh, wait a second. Uh, what about Big Baby Miller? Was he a mandatory? Oh, well, my Astro, that doesn't count. Why doesn't it count? Well, he was trying to break into a new market, you see, and if you break into a new market, it's okay to take on a warm-up fight. Uh, guys, you're losing me on this. Like, first of all, the man's already agreed to fight White. His promoter put up a record-breaking purse bid to secure the rights to the fight, and rather than talk about the fact that the man's getting into the ring with a man that you've accused him for months of trying to avoid, oh, he doesn't want it with, with White. White knocked him out in sparring. Uh, I don't, we don't know that, number one. Uh, oh, he's got a bad style for, for, for Fury. Well, White's a bad style. I, what style is, is this White bringing that's bad for Fury? I don't know. But now that that's all sorted out, hopefully, uh, and they've secured the rights of the fight, proving that they want the fight with White, all of a sudden, it's, oh, well, he was trying to duck uh, White all along. He was trying to take up a tune-up fight and fight Char or fight Hellenius. What does that have to do? Even if that's true, which I don't know if it is, what does it have to do with what's actually going on now? So I, I just think that, like, there's a level of hate. And, and, you know, people are even like, well, the the, the fight against uh, Klitschko doesn't even count. That was seven years ago. The fight against Wilder doesn't count. He beat him three times. No, he didn't. I thought he did. But the first fight was a draw. The second fight was a rematch to the draw. The third fight was a fight, a rubber match, that he did everything he could to avoid to make a unification fight. But it, he lost in arbitration. And then w proceeded to whoop, uh, to whoop uh, Wilder and prove that there was no reason for anyone to call him a duck all along. So... I just think the hate on Fury is like next level. The only one matching it, honestly, is Canelo. I think those guys are even higher, to be honest. Uh, Kenny, go. Uh, you know, there's there's a couple things going on here, right? Is the the narrative the the narrative being painted on Tyson Fury, right? And then the second thing is the is the trauma that the fans have, right? We all know that history repeats itself, right? If you look at the history that we've had globally, there's been several. Uh, uh, there's been a, a few things that can always repeat themselves. One of them being war, for freedom, religion, whatever. History always repeats itself. Tyson Fury's history, or Tyson Fury has a history of backing out of fights, of 
pulling our retirement, of having mental health issues like Ryan Garcia, not on the same level, because you could tell his shit was way more drastic and way more camera than Ryan Garcia's was. But, you know, he has a history of backing out of fights. So, one, is trauma. You know, history repeats itself. People think, you know, he's going to do what he previously did. He did this before. He's going to do this to us again. And then the second one is the haters painting the narrative of, oh, he's not as good as you think he is. He hasn't fought nobody. Oh, he's not as good as you think he is. He's scared. Look at him. He he, he uses egg weights. Look, he dips his, his hand in whatever, kerosene, the ether, whatever the hell it is. And look, he, he, he does whatever, you know, people painting the narrative of Tyson Fury not being a good boxer or not being a good human being or not being somebody that should be watched or not being a champion or, you know, all these other hater things. The only hater point of view and opinion that I have on Tyson Fury is fuck that whole lineal champ garbage. There's no such fucking thing as a lineal champ. Well, you've been consistent with that from the beginning, but you're also consistent with everyone when it comes to that. You were saying that about Andre Ward, you know, you know, he, he needs to, you know, uh, a, a fight, and uh, you don't care that that he he was the last quote unquote lineal. That now it's time for somebody else. You know, um, your 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 judgment is even plain. But then I get into let's get into this. Not that I want to be Doctor Phil or whatever out here, but it's like I'm trying to understand the psychology of this hate because the man is fighting. The man has put up great performances. Uh, the man has agreed to fight White. His uh, his uh. Promoter put up the biggest purse bid ever in the history of the sport. Uh, so I don't think you can say that he, oh, wow, Maestro, he talks a lot of shit. Uh, okay, uh, doesn't Dillian White talk a lot of shit? I mean, I heard Dillian White talking shit before the Parker fight, before the, the Del Boy Chisora fight. Uh, he, he's called, a, you know, um, Wilder a crackhead and a retard and all kinds of stuff in interviews. I mean... One of the reasons I like Dillian White as much as I do is because uh, of of his character uh, outside of the ring as much as his character inside of the ring. And then it's, uh, well, uh, yeah, but it, like you said, but he's ducked guys in the past. Well, I wonder what ba- uh, Waleen has to say about that. Because didn't he have a fight scheduled with, with Dillian White? Did Dillian White agree to fight him after he got over this injury? So, again, like, Let's keep it consistent, ladies and gentlemen. All right, what's good for the goose should be good for the gander. Uh, But again, apparently it's not when it comes to Tyson Fury. So I just wanted to give my little two cents on that. Um, If anyone wants to chime in, the telephone lines are open. Three code 718-618-4284. I'm also going to drop the link in the chat, and I want to give a big up. To my brother, Thomas Jones, one of the members of Maestro A Boxing. All right, these memberships go a long way in helping me upgrade my studio, okay, and uh, provide you the best content possible, including covering these fights, which I know Kenny plans to do with me throughout this 2020 calendar year. We're going to do big things, okay? Knocked out by Kenny. Big things. My you throat. already know. Big things. You already H-C-P, know. HCP, mis hermanos causando panico. Headed by Mr. D-Style Boxing. El Capitan, the one and only quarterback 
who he happens to be in the chat as well. Oh, I, know, I don't agree with him on this whole fury thing, okay? But uh, I agree with what we're doing here on HCP. He told me he said, Manos Casando Panico. So salute to the members and to all of the subscribers. Hit that like button, share the content, support all of my brothers and sisters, because we also got Christina, or Christine, sorry, in the ring with Christine. Or we also got Nancy, who co-hosts HCP with D style. So spread that love, ladies and gentlemen. Spread it. Before before we move on from uh <clears throat> um excuse me, White and uh Fury, what do you think about that 41 million? Is that way too much that Warren paid on that? And uh the additional question to that is, or more so comment to that is. They're, I believe that that's why they're making it a pay-per-view so that all of this money doesn't have to come out of pocket for the business uh, and so that the fans could cover as much as the fans can possibly cover for that $41 million. So I'm going to share my screen real quick, Kenny. Thank you for bringing this up. All right, so courtesy of Talk Sport, this uh, report that came out, courtesy of Talk Sport, Michael Benson, who does great work, um, so, the, you know, there's some reaction here to the $41 million that was paid. All right, it's going to be $29.5 to Fury, $7.5 to White. Uh, so I stand corrected. Haplotype did have the accurate numbers earlier on. All right, and uh, an additional bonus to White should he win and get that extra 10%. So when you're looking at if he overpaid Kenny, I guess the easiest thing to do, right, would be to subtract $32 million, which is what Eddie Hearn paid, right, from the $41 million, which is what Frank Warren bid. Or I should say bid, not paid. So that's a difference of $9 million. So you could make an argument that he overpaid by like $8.5 million. Um, now, as to the second part of your question, Kenny, uh, do I think it has to do with the fact that it's now going to take place on pay-per-view? Absolutely. Uh, they're going to want to blow this thing up. They're going to want to sell it as best as they can. You know, uh, BT Sport out there in England. And by the way, BT is a huge corporation. Uh, they make about, I believe, at least $20 billion of profit per year. A revenue, I should say, per year. Uh, it's a big telecom company out in, in the UK. It's like AT&T. So it's like AT&T with a, a network, a television network, right? Uh, they can afford this. Uh, Walt Disney, they can afford this. It's the other side of it on the U.S. side. Walt Disney, of course, being the company that owns and operates ESPN. So, yeah, I mean, they're going to want to make back that money. So it's probably going to be like 25 pounds um, to watch it live on BT box office. And like you said, oh, hit me with the number but do it again just for the audience that tunes in late what do you think they're gonna charge kenny 79.99 or above bro they, they, look, damn they're That's either wild. gonna match canelo one thing that i know for a fact is they're either gonna match canelo at the 79.99 that he charged for his last fight versus caleb plant or or uh, they're gonna go to an outrageous number or charge se- uh, uh, over $75 for sure. If Thurman and Barrios is $75, then it's a fact that Fury is pay per view is gonna be uh, um, 
way higher price, you know? They're, both Fury and White are both current active fighters. Fury is a current champ. You know what I'm saying? Fury is coming off of a win. I think White is coming off of a win. It's not Thurman Barrios. They're not going to sell it to us at $75 if Thurman Barrios is going at $75. The only <laughs> reason I might be able to disagree with that just a little bit, Kenny, is because of the time. It's an afternoon fight here in the United States, in North America, in all of America, actually. It's going to be afternoon in, in Brazil, too, in Argentina. Uh, <laughs> it may lower it. I'm hoping. Maybe this is just me hoping, you know. <laughs> I know they love to upcharge <laughs> that fucking uh, HD cost. So uh, that's the only hope I have that it will be cheaper because it's taking place in the afternoon and not primetime slots when these pay-per-views usually do take place over here. But this is a good segue, Kenny, to the last and final topic of the 34th edition. We're almost at uh, 35. You know, we're putting in that work, guys. Hit that like button, hit that subscribe button, and share the content. Uh, Is this going to be year of the pay-per-view, Kenny? Because it started off... With this, okay, it was Ortiz, it was Martin, and it was on pay-per-view, okay? Um, This week, it's this. Uh, Thurman versus Barrios, again, pay-per-view. Is this a sign of things to come, or are we foreshadowing a little bit too much in a negative way, Kenny, or do you see a lot of the big fights this year taking place on pay-per-view here in the United States, at least. Oh, I think you're right on the money. I I definitely see a lot of the fights taking place on pay-per-view and not only major fights. I see a lot of mediocre fights taking place on pay-per-view too, Uh, especially on the PBC side. You see how they started us with Charles Martin, Luis Ortiz, and now Thurman Barrios. Neither one of those should be on pay-per-view. Both of those are mediocre fights. Neither one of those have any big name fighters that anybody's dying to see Thurman is coming back from a two year and change layoff. You know what I'm saying? He's obviously aged. He's coming off of an injury. He's coming off of a loss. You know what I'm saying? We don't know. Nobody knows what Thurman we're going to get. And usually when people age, they get worse. They don't get better. He did look sharp in his little training videos, but when people age, they get worse, not better. So, why, why, why would people want to want to pay for this or any of the mediocre cards that have gone out so far for PBC? Well, Tyson Fury and Dillian White is even questionable as a pay-per-view because who is Dillian White? I mean, that should not, that's not a pay-per-view fight to me. Um, at least in the United States, it shouldn't be a pay-per-view fight. You're talking about two UK guys. Um, Dillian White's in his first title shot. He's coming off of you know, a rebound victory after a brutal KO loss. He's lost twice, both times by brutal KO. I'm looking forward to it. I know he's going to bring the thunder to Fury. All right. I'm looking forward to that. But I do not think this is a pay-per-view fight in the United States. But to your point, Kenny, given the fact that they dropped the big bag of $41 million, uh, I mean, it's almost like they have no choice at this point but to put it on pay-per-view to kind of recoup that deposit, recoup that investment, recoup the money that they're going to be 
investing in this fight. And I do want to bring up Bogey708. Thank you for tuning in. Please subscribe if you have not already. Uh, I'm not sure where you are living, but where we are, uh, when I looked into buying the Don King Promotions card, it, the reason I didn't buy it, honestly, was because it was $50, 5 not 1-5 as in 15. So maybe I, I, I clicked the wrong page. Uh, I probably would have bought it at $15. But at 50 given that it wasn't really a major fight, no disrespect to the W. It, was, it wasn't. I mean... No disrespect to the fact that Trevor Bryan, the WBA regular heavyweight champion of the world, was on the undercard. No way in hell I was going to pay $50 to watch that. I'm sorry. Trevor Bryan ain't look good anyway. He looked sloppy. He should have gotten the guy he was in there fighting with out of there. He ain't look good anyway. The whole, the whole card looked grainy and choppy. Uh, they wasted a ton of time showing the at, at a certain point I was literally confused because their whole fight programming and scheduling is so old school and outdated that I was like, is this a previous cast of an old fight? And this is not, is this not current? Is this old? Because at a certain point they started showing the Tito Trinidad fight, like a replay of an old Tito Trinidad fight while they were stalling wasting time. And then they spent another 20, 30 minutes with Don King in the ring talking nonsense with senators and a whole bunch of other people. Wasting time. And the card was trash. Why don't you speak a little bit about that, Kenny? Because you, you put in the investment of time, at least, on Saturday. Uh, let, let's talk about where Trevor Bryan goes. Because uh, apparently, top uh, not top rank, um, Queensbury. And Bob Arum are trying to position Daniel Dubois, who was stripped of his interim title, but is going to be mandated to fight Brian. Based on what you saw of Brian, how, how does he fare against Daniel Dubois? I think Daniel Dubois washes him up. Uh, the only thing Trevor Brian, like Trevor Brian has good knowledge. You can see he has a good boxing brain, but he has a body that doesn't really allow him to act on that boxing brain. He gets hit a hell of a lot. And he's very, very slow. And he doesn't look like he has power like that. The only punch that he throws that has speed and power in it is the right-hand cross. Everything else is super slow and projected. You can see it coming from a mile away. Any guy that he faces top caliber, I think will KO him easy. Uh, And Daniel Dubois, if he's gotten better since he... TKO'd himself out of a fight that he was getting jabbed up on a million times. If he's gotten better since then, I, I hands down, Dynamite Daniel Dubois comes out with the win in that fight. Well, there you go. Um, I, I, I from what I saw of Brian the last time, and the last time I actually watched him fight was on the previous pay per view that he was on. Uh, which was broadcast from Florida, I believe it was at the Hard Rock uh, Casino Resort down there. He fought Stubborn and to me did not look very good. They both looked like guys that were bad representations of what heavyweight boxing should be, uh, that being elite athletes. I mean, if you're walking around calling yourself a world champion in boxing, like to me, you should be like, I'm not even saying 
you know, uh, necessarily looking like AJ or or like uh, Wilder, but you should at least be able to look like you could go 12 hard rounds. You know what I mean? Uh, despite the way Fury looks, we all know he can go 12 hard rounds. Um, I didn't see that in that card. I didn't watch the Trevor Bryan fight, but I agree with your assessment. I think that Daniel Dubois, uh, even the Daniel Dubois that lost to Joe Joyce should be able to beat Trevor Bryan. Um, and that Daniel Dubois that fought uh, against Joe Joyce has actually improved um, as he switched trainers uh, and is now with uh, Shane McGuigan, I believe. And Shane McGuigan's a good young trainer out there in the UK. So, um, yeah, look, uh, you know, Kenny and I, we had a really good call on Saturday. We got in a little debate about the Fury Barrios uh, fight. Um, but yeah. at the end of the day, we think Thurman, the same Thurman Barrios. Sorry, Thurman Barrios. At the, same, at, the, at the end of the day, we think the same thing. We think that Thurman should beat Barrios Saturday. And we think that if he doesn't beat Barrios and it's mm. time for Thurman, I think to start looking at commentary because I think he's a great comment uh, guy on the mic. And he would be a great replacement for Andre Ward as far as yeah. I'm concerned. Yeah. You're a great replacement for Andre. You know, you, you know what? The the best move for him in commentating wouldn't even be to go to uh, uh, replace Andre Ward. Would be to work right next alongside his boy, Sean Porter. I actually think he's way better than Sean Porter. I think so, too. But I think they have some great debates. Oh, that's true. Because they, they have that heat kind of the same division rivalry, rivalry heat thing. And they came up the amateurs together and they have a good relationship. I think they would bounce off each other and have the fire going for each other very, very well. Yeah. So, uh, you know, for me, this is a guy uh, who's a former unified world champion, a guy with one loss, a guy who has title aspirations again. If you cannot easily dispatch of a guy who's moving up in weight, coming off of a brutal KO to a guy that's essentially a super featherweight junior lightweight in Tank Davis, I think it's time for you to look at commentary. Now, having said that, I think that he washes Barrios. Um, but if he doesn't, commentary time, dog, because you wanted the best at it. I, I think, uh, I think, I think the fight is going to be good until it's not good. Uh, meaning, I think it's going to be a good back and forth. You know, uh, Thurman is coming off of a two-plus-year layoff, so I don't think he's just going to go in there and dismantle and be the old Thurman. You know, that has kind of that. Terrence Crawford type of heart where he gets hit and he wants to come back and hit the guy two times because he got hit once, you know. I don't know. And the good counterpuncher, uh, Thurman, I don't know if we're going to get that right off the first round with a guy that's been off for two plus years. So I think it's going to be a, definitely going to be a good fight for the first few rounds. And and let's not let's not discount Barrios either. You know, he fought pretty well up until the point where he stayed in the pocket and got KO'd by a a guy who's much smaller than him. And that shouldn't have happened. I agree. But I do think that Barrios had won most of the fight up until that point. And I think this fight is going to be more competitive than uh, most people are thinking. But I do think, I do think that Barrios, not Barrios, that Thurman needs to come out of this fight with a savage knockout. And 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 I don't mean a savage knockout. Oh, you know, oh, he punches them one time 
and he starts dozing off to the left and then the ref goes oh no fire out no no i don't mean one of those davis type of knockouts i mean a one punch uh you know when he turns the little thurman thing he turns his head he, he comes over the top one of those one punch super powerful flatline the man out type of knockouts because he needs to look way better than davis did so we that he's a much bigger man with much more experience that has fought way better opposition than davis has yeah, he's a legit former unified world champion in one of the most competitive divisions in boxing, the welterweights. So we had Keith one-time Thurman, as in he hit you once, he got you up out of there with that power shot. Then we had Keith fight once a year, so one-time-a-year Thurman. Then we had Keith one-time-every-two-year Thurman. Uh, which Keith Thurman do we see Saturday, Kenny? Will it be the return of one time. Uh, shit. I, he, I, he's trying to be two time now because he's trying to get back in line to win that belt. He's trying He's trying to be two time, but will it be the return of one time? We sure hope so. It better be the return of one time. I think, I think towards the later half of the fight, once he gets his footing and, you know, gets rid of the little bit of ring rust for, for being away from the sport for a couple of years, I think he'll be good if if his body does not break down on him. Last time it was the shoulder. Uh, I think it's been the shoulder multiple times, actually. Um, you know, he's spent uh, quite a f- uh, bit of time away from the sport. Oh, it was the elbow. He had surgery on the elbow. Then he had surgery on the shoulder. If his body doesn't give in on him, it should be a walk in the park. So this towards is, the later rounds. This is the question, really, in logic poses it does Thurman at 147 still have more power at this point than tank at 140 guess we'll find out better yeah you know it's it's to me it's two things really uh (laughs) first is his power you know tanks power at, at 140 um I don't know I mean he was moving up to 140 but also, he's a big, tall guy. He's always been a pretty big welterweight. Uh, so he should be able to kind of outbox him, too, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's also got a high boxing IQ, as you know, from his analysis work, right? Uh, but yes, Remy with the super-duper chat uh, comes at us with Once Upon a Time Thurman. Um, Scott Brown believes that Thurman gas is late. I agree with him, but I don't think that's going to happen this fight. Well, I actually, I actually thought he came on late against Pacquiao, to be fair. I thought that he did better in the later half of the fight, personally. But he was so gassed out. It, it wasn't It wasn't like uh, when Thurman fought Sean Porter. That was a war back and forth. Thurman wasn't talking about... <laughs> I, was at that, I was at that fight at the Barclays. Yeah, I, I wasn't. Shit, I wish. But um, but no, nah, um, when he when Thurman fought Pacquiao, he was he was dying. He he was breathing very very hard. He was he was it was in the same Thurman that fought Sean Porter and was going to war and not dying breathing. I think he should. He, he's been training for such a long time now for this combat fight that his his unless his adrenaline goes out of this world and he gets anxious or some shit and starts going crazy. I do not see a way that his conditioning won't be outrageous and that he won't be able to let sustain the 12 rounds easy. Plus, like I said, I see him starting off slow. I don't see him coming right, right in and throwing punches and bunches. I don't see that happening. Being that he's going to start slow, I think he's going to have enough in the tank for sure to fight the 12 rounds and have all the energy that he's going to need. Well, there you go. Uh, 
That is the expert breakdown by my brother, Kenny T. Uh, Kenny, let people know, bro, uh, when you think you're going to be going next. Actually, hold that thought because we got another super chat. <laughs> Remy with the super duper chat. Uh, Thurman wins skill, experience, and powerful. That That's what I think, too. Um, that's that, that's my assessment of it. But, uh, but Kenny, when are you going to be live again, bro? Oh, I'm definitely going live this uh, this Wednesday. Got some things lined up. Been out for a little bit. Time to come back. Time, time to get back on it and knock them out. Knocked out by Kenny. Link will be in the chat. Okay? I will be back uh, Thursday for the roundtable. Okay? With my brother, D-Style Boxing. Make sure you check out D-Style Boxing. Okay, for the roundtable, Capitan of HCP. Okay, there can only be one quarterback. His name is D Style Boxing. Salute to mi hermano, Casando Panico, Senor D Style. And to my brother, Joe Habib, Ringside Reporter Live. I believe they are live or will be soon. So make sure you head over to Ringside Reporter Live. Make sure you let them know that Maestro and Kenny sent you, Ringside Reporter Live. I'm going to check right now just to see if they are live. I believe that they delayed their show by a day. Um, They usually go live Sundays. Yes, they are live right now. So I'm going to drop the link to them right now in the chat, ladies and gentlemen. Okay? Uh, And thank you to Remy for becoming a member. All right, easiest way to support this content is by liking, subscribing, but we do got people to take that extra step and become members, which helps me greatly. Mute, Kenny. Remy is on fire. My man is on fire. Keep it going, brother. Keep going. You, you're a good dude, and you stay in the chat. You stay supported. Always appreciate it, man. Absolutely. So check out Knocked Out by Kenny. Check out Ringside Reporter Live. They're live right now. Let them know that Maestro and Kenny sent you over there. All right, let them know that we're showing them some love. All right, thank you, everybody. That is it for Mano a Mano Live. That's it from Kenny T. That's my brother, D-Style Boxing. Check him out. All right, we're out of here. Take care, everyone. Good night. Good night, folks.